Hello and welcome to the Jackass, the Swansea City podcast. I am Git Dostawilin and with me tonight, as usual, we have Matt Baraku and Stephen Carroll. How are you boys? Uh, we've also got a special guest. This is something that we don't do very often on the Jackass, but we feel that it is necessary, possibly even uh, essential for tonight's uh, special episode. So please welcome Andy Gordon, who is the former chair of the Swansea City Supporters Trust. And we have got him on the show tonight uh, specifically uh, to respond to the latest revelations that have come out from the Supporters Trust and the decisions which have been made surrounding the um, previously ongoing legal action uh, against uh, former shareholders. Uh, well, it, it all related, of course, to the 2016 takeover of the club and the uh, the way the trust was bypassed in that. Now, there has been a meeting tonight. We're recording this on Thursday evening, uh, immediately after a special meeting was held to uh, try and enlighten members of the Supporters Trust as to the reasons behind um, this week's revelations. But before we get into that, Andy, if you could just give us a little update on what exactly um, was revealed earlier this week. Uh, yep. No, thanks. Um, so um, I think that the members found out, I believe it was 3.15, uh, on Tuesday afternoon, um, which is about f- just be- just more than four, less than four hours before the trust AGM, uh, that the trust had signed a deal um, with the former shareholders and the current majority owners uh, to basically end the legal dispute that had been going on since, well, basically on and off since um, 20, 2016, really. So as as part of that deal. Um, uh, there, there was there was an email sent out by your trust with with, with some detail, and I, I, I'm going to say what was said in it uh, rather than because obviously there's, there's been some questions raised after it. But basically, the 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 aim was to have a degree of compensation, which is around five hundred thousand guaranteed, and potentially one and a half million if we get back to the Premier League and stay there for three years. So I think it's five hundred thousand every year. Um, plus a guarantee that 5% of the shareholding will be protected in perpetuity. So the trust would always have a director on the board. Um, and I think the, the remaining shareholding, so at the moment, the trust has 21% shareholding. Uh, the remaining 16% could be diluted or not, but it still retains that under various rights. So so that that's that's basically it. So, so for the for cessation of the legal case, uh, basically a, a cash return of 500,000 and um, a level of protection in the shareholding. And of course, this came as quite a shock to everybody because the um, trust members, Steve, had previously voted in favour of taking uh, legal action against those former um, shareholders. And as far as everybody and un- well believed and understood, the situation remained so until this um, th- this announcement earlier on in the week. I mean, it's fair to say, Steve, it's not been very well received by the unanimous, um, th- well, those who unanimously backed the litigation in the first place. Well, I mean, <clears throat> obviously, I think about 81%, I, I could be wrong on that, voted for the legal action. So as far as we were concerned, there was a mandate for legal action. And the only way to then stop with legal action 
is if there is another vote that uh, suggests that the membership don't want that anymore. So for the trust board to then accept a deal without the members knowing and without the members having a chance to have a say on it, it's not really good enough, is it? I mean, you know, what, what was the point of the vote in the first place? That, that's the way you have to look at it. If it's not going to be um, abided by now, there was this was revealed in 2017 that there was an option that the trust board could take the decision. But on that occasion, it was decided that um, the previous offer from the Americans had to be um, go to the membership, which was absolutely the right thing to do. And that should have happened this time. And I think regardless of any deal, that is what the main thing is that leaves a sour taste in the mouth. I mean, various aspects of the deal, everyone will have an opinion on, but it should have gone to a member's vote. And I think there's a lot of people who are very, very unhappy about this. And it's, and, you know, it's understandably so, isn't it? And Andy, the thing that gets me in all of this is that there is more than a hint of hypocrisy in all of this, because so much of this initial, uh, you know, that well, everything that's gone on between the trust and um, the club as former shareholders and the current shareholders over the last few years is down to the fact that the initial takeover was done behind the trust back, that it was sneaked through the back door and deliberately avoided um involving the trust i think it's quite clear to everybody that that was the case that is the reason that this legal action was taken and it therefore leaves quite a bitter taste in the mouth that the trust itself then has gone behind the backs of members in already going ahead and agreeing this deal with those shareholders without taking that vote as steve said back to the members yeah, uh, the parallels between 2016 and probably 2022 are, have been noted by by several people, haven't they? You know, uh, things being done under the you know behind the backs of people. Um, yeah. Um, so the, the, this is this is one of the questions I asked tonight. You know, did did was there was there truly not some way of get, getting this back to the members? You know, um, if if there really was no other way, if there you know the co- confidentiality aspects of it just simply didn't allow it then yeah i would have liked to have heard that um i think so this, this is going to be a bit technical but uh all bit 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 detail but um so th- there was th- there's 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 two groups of parties to this uh, at the moment there's the the ones who are funding uh or who were funding the trust legal case and of course there are the ones we were taking the court um, so um, there was a lot of talk in the meeting tonight about oh that the, the people who are funding the um, the, litigate, the legal case wouldn't like a lot of details being made public. But um, and, and that's fine, I can understand that. But I, I don't think I think that's missing the point somewhat. Um, I, I don't think you need to take that to the members. I think what you certainly need to take to the members is the detail of any offer you're being made that is being made to you. And if that that cannot be made public. Why not? Is it because you don't want to make it public, or is it because the other side, i.e., the majority owners, Jake Silverstein, or the sale and shareholders, do not want it to be public? And if they don't, why not? Uh, for them, for it just to be a case of them not wanting you to do it, I'm sorry, but that's not good enough. They didn't particularly, they weren't particularly keen on us making it public in 2017, but we are a members' organization. The board is there at the will of the members. You know, it's, uh, they they can be legally authorised to make decisions on behalf of the trust, but when it's something this seismic, 
I think as Steve mentioned. You know, there, there have been two times in 2017 and 2019 where we went back to the members on this topic. You can't just ignore that now. And I didn't hear a good enough reason why that didn't happen. Do, do you know what, Andy? I, I, what, what struck me was that that was the decision that they took. And as we've already discussed, they have the power to do so. But yeah. given the initial decision, had gone back to the members to say, right, I know we... The, the the first time they came out, there was a push from the trust to go down the settlement route and not take it to court. Um, and then it came back and they, they went off the table and all sorts of nonsense happened back then. Yeah. And then they came back and said, right, actually now we, we're looking at this will have to go down the legal route. And, and, and I think throughout this, the anchor was always directed at the former shareholders and at the current owners of the club as well, in the sense of this... Uh, Duplicitous action that happened has dissolved the trust, excuse the pun, between the club and and the owners and and his fans. Sorry. So th- that was always the, the the avenue. And through the dark times and through the going back to you know t- 2001, you know way back then, it was always a we will look after each other. We will look after this club. So even if the the advice they were given from those around them were you can't go to your members because uh, the backers won't like it or the shareholder the former shareholders won't like it and it may dis- it may disturb anything. The first and foremost in, in the trust board's mind surely should have been this isn't up for debate. This this would go back to the membership if that is up, upsetting to someone then that is some conversation we need to have. But what we will not do is follow that trodden path of the previous shareholders did just a few years ago, which has been just the very thing that we've built this on, is we do not like that sort of action being taken behind the backs of the of the members. And and as you just discussed, I, I cannot believe they decided to follow that same route. Yeah, and um, there, was a, there was a very important point that was made by Clay Vince today. Uh, Clay Vince was the weeds um from the, from the legal side from Goodman Derrick. Um and he said, you know, the funders wouldn't have liked it. Now it didn't say it was a showstopper, didn't say it couldn't have happened. It was it was unhappiness about it. And as you say, this should have been a number one priority. This this shouldn't have been optional. And um best one in the world is it's pretty clear it wasn't pushed hard enough. And I mean, Andy, it's, you know, that I think is the main issue that people have felt aggrieved with in all of this, that that kind of feeling of um, that they've gone against the, the will members and, and haven't followed um, that, that the democratic process and the precedents that have been set in place. But I mean, the, the fact is, the fact that they didn't take it back to members suggests to me anyway, that they knew it wouldn't have been accepted um, because it's because the reaction the secondary reaction from so many people seems to be it's not a great deal um and i'll be honest looking at it i'm struggling to find an argument in favor of this being a great deal it, it i've yet to hear anybody enthusiastically stick up for this deal and w- were there any kind of arguments tonight to say do you know what this is the deal that we the, the this that we need this is the, this is the best deal that we could have possibly got out of this i've yet to i've yet to hear anyone be neutral actually <laughs> let alone positive uh, for it um yeah um i mean there are positives about the deal i mean five hundred thousand in the bank is great although i think as was pointing out uh, in an earlier meeting, we've actually spent 400,000 on the legal case, so it's only actually 100,000. 
but the, the trust will now have a, you know a level of funds which is which is great you know that that's not to be sniffed at if if, if in 2001 uh, we'd say we, we'd said we'd have a trust with you know seven eight hundred thousand pounds in the bank or whatever it is I don't know the figure then I think that 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 would have been seen as a positive uh, what what it can do with that going forward given the state of football at the moment. I was going to ask that, actually, because £100,000, I mean, when the trust was first set up 20 years ago, um, yeah, that, that would have been a, a heck of a lot of money. Yes. But, 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 I mean, these days, that's surely a drop in the ocean. I mean, there were yep. people talking about this being the chance to build up a kitty that could give us the chance to take over the club in the event of um, it going through a kind of Derby-style collapse. I, I I personally felt that even that was optimistic. Even if we'd won the case, then that still maybe wouldn't have given us quite enough money for that. But I mean, a yeah. hundred grand in the grand scheme of things for the trust, what what can it really do with with that money that's going to make any kind of substantial difference? See, so that's a hundred grand profit from where we are uh, from the overall thing. So it's five hundred thousand on top of the existing funds. So. I don't know the current levels, but I would imagine there was probably something like eight hundred thousand in the account at the moment. So, uh, but what what can what can I do with that? Uh, given where where football is now, I, I I don't I don't know to be honest with you. Probably probably not not an awful lot. Um, it it it's it, it's it's really difficult to know. Um, I can I can see what the trust has tried to do with this deal, um, in terms of you know getting a level of compensation, and also doing something that ensures the trust. Is involved in the run of the club going forward and protected in that. I think as as, as we got what we, we talked earlier about um, the questions Lisa Clement answered, I'm not sure it entirely gets those protections um, that uh, it, it the trust was hoping to get. But I, I guess we'll find out once. Um, I think I believe the trust has promised they will be publishing at uh, least uh, the answers to Lisa Clement's uh, questions, which I think is going to really going to be critical to determining exactly what protections we do have uh, to ensure that there's no sort of shenanigans <laughs> over the next uh, over the next few weeks, months, years that that really does you know uh, remove the shareholding the trust already has. I guess the one of the things that come out from this as well is uh, one of the opinions that came out of this after we discussed the the mandate they had of the members to go through the courts. Is is what's changed really, and, and what yep. has come to the point that we discussed in this podcast many times the fact that we didn't expect it to ever reach court because we expected the closer it got, the, the you know the closer it got, the itchier the feet would get from the previous shareholders, and the more willingness there would be to sit down and put down an offer which would substantially better the one that was rejected some years ago under Phil Sumler. Uh, which he now says makes this one <laughs> his oh. his offer looks brilliant back to back then, um, which which is which is startling because it was meant to be quite shocking back then. So um, yeah, yeah. Uh, looking at what's changed, I mean, from your point of view, they appear to have been scared off the idea of court action, the idea that they may not have won in court, which is which is a bit of a ridiculous we statement that. in itself. <laughs> yeah. Nothing is a sure thing, but yeah. the idea was that they had a solid case, and then they put that to the members and said, look, we think we've got a solid case here. What do you want us to do? And as Steve said, around 80% said yes. Yes, yes, we fund this. This is for us, and we think we want to take this to court, right, Dio? And that's what we'll do. What, what, what changed in your mind to, to make them scared off that? Well, what the members wanted. I, I'm glad you brought up the 2019 consultation because 
a lot, a few of the things that were in in the trust statement of the last couple of days say uh, were saying, oh well, legal action is is you know unpredictable, it's complex, it's you know it's you know we could lose, we don't know this, we don't know that. We said all that in 2019. That's not news. That's not a reason to change your your, your mind. Um, there, there were some interesting things said in that, in that regard um, this evening. Um, there there were um, some concerns about the level of funding. So I, I believe it was con- confirmed today they they had funding for a certain level um, in terms of the initial litigation funding and the insurance, but there was some concern that, that the trust wouldn't have the funds uh, if it went to appeal or uh, if that budget has been exceeded, etc. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> there are always theoreticals in that sort of scenario, but A, you budget for a reason. And if your budget wasn't sufficient, then why did you have that budget in the first place? You know, that's what we had the likes of Goodman Derrick for. They they prepared the budget. So if that budget was wrong, why was it wrong? Uh, and if it was you know, and if it was wrong, then you know you look at getting more funding. Uh, if you need more funding down the road, then you know you, you can address that then. You know, there might be chances to settle before then. And you know, we the trust would have had the option to settle all the way through this until it got to court. So there are always reasons why not to do something. Uh, a lot of those reasons were previously shared. Uh, I must admit, I didn't hear good enough answers today why that couldn't be proceeded. But I think there's there's a more sort of general point around this. That if the trust board at this time didn't feel it could push the button on this, then it should have told that to the members, because the members voted for for litigate, uh, to proceed with litigation. And if the board didn't think they could carry it through, they should have stepped aside with somebody who could, or at least had the option for that, or gone to the members and said, yeah, okay, we don't think this is the right decision, even though you've asked for it, for this reason. Um, you know, and so where do we go from here? But this all goes back to consulting with your members. Now, the trust board may have the legal authorization for things, but after we've had two consultations, does it have the moral authority for it? Steve, you were on the meeting tonight. What what did you feel was the mood from members um, who were taking part? I mean, were, were there any kind of burning questions that you felt received, um, you know, a satisfactory answer? Were, were, were any moods kind of cooled down after it, or did it just kind of make things worse tonight? <clears throat> if anything, it probably did make it worse. I mean, there was a lot of anger in there. Um, but it is justified, really, isn't it? I mean, you can't go against your members. I mean, two things are probably going to happen now. There this, this, this could be a vote of no confidence or there's the membership will dwindle considerably because people have lost it with them. So, you know, there, there was a lot of anger. I don't think the answers were really satisfactory. I think some of the questions that came in were probably tough to answer, um, which is understandable, but we need answers to these things. I mean, it hasn't been justified. That That's the issue. If you're going to go against your members, you really have to be able to justify it. And I don't think that has happened, really. So that's the, the tricky thing. And obviously, we've got the likes of Andy and, and Phil Sambler that have previously been on the board. And, and they have said, obviously, as well, that, you know, <clears throat> they think this was the wrong route to go down. And when that happens, again, the members are going to side with the people that have previously been on the board and have basically steered this to a certain point. So I think it's going to be difficult now going forward for the trust, because I think for a lot of people, 
they've, they've literally lost trust in the organization really so i think that that's a big problem and what is going to happen now like i said it's one of those two things i i, I can see a lot of those people that are on the board being booted off if other people stand and that's the key to it really how many people are going to stand because if they don't then i suppose it'll continue but it'll continue with low members which isn't really worth a lot oh, and that's a request. Sorry, Gitto. I was just about to say to Andy now, how, mu- how much of this is uh, is is personally annoying to you, Andy, that <laughs> the hours and hours and yeah. days and weeks and months that yourself, Lisa, Phil and others all contributed towards sorting this out for a long, long time and get us to a point where we can go to court with this. And and after this now, an, an, a new board gets put in place and it looks like they just turned over and had their bellies tickled uh yeah it hasn't been the best use of my time in the last few years has it <laughs> so it's um uh oh, I, I that's a that's a really well it's a really difficult one to answer i obviously there's the we're recording this immediately after um the the forum so there's um I'm not sure I've quite calmed down just yet, <laughs> but um, I'll probably have a couple of drinks after this and um, maybe I'll feel better. But um, yeah, uh, you know what? Um, you, you you agree or disagree with people, and that and that's fine. Uh, but you know, you, you expect things to be done in a certain way, and I think for this to be done behind people's backs, I think I think that that's the thing that galls me above everything else. You know, um, people can be for and against. The league gosh, and I don't have a problem with that. Uh, they can have they can have disagreements with how we do things, but you know, um, we remember a trust is a members organisation, and it's clearly lost the trust of its members. I've not heard one person. I think I'm sorry, that's it. I saw one person on the trustfit members group saying they were in favour of it. Uh, elsewhere, it's just been pure anger, really. Um, I don't think it was helped in the meeting tonight. There were there were a few board members smirking when Nigel Davis was very passionately putting his points across. That that really put a lot of people's backs up. I think it's I I mean on a personal note, it's pretty angered at the end where you know uh, Dave Dalton was talking about how he was you know uh, uh, stepped into the role in 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 a code in September. And um, you know, wasn't aware of certain things. Took him time to get up to speed. Well, you know, he was vice chair last year. Uh, there, there was continuity on that board. Both Lisa Clement and I um, were part of the subgroup until October when we stood down. Um, so, oh, there, there was attempt to dodge certain things, which I thought was a bit unseemly, to be honest with you, and I was disappointed on that on a personal level. But I think, yeah, uh, no, it is what it is in that regard. But um, Matt, you're you've you've not you're not a member of the trust currently. No. As as somebody on the outside, I mean, even even if you're not a member of the trust, you you have to understand that the trust has played a, a, a massive role in the modern history of this football club. And I think even a lot of people who aren't members of the trust still feel um, an affinity towards it and and feel that it is something worth protecting. I mean, where, do, where does this latest development leave it? Because there's no doubt in my eyes, the trust influence has, has dwindled significantly. And I get the feeling that it's kind of relevant um, to, to the wider fan base seems to have dwindled as well over the last few years. And I, I, get, I get the impression that a lot of fans have been asking for quite some time, kind of, 
what's the point of the trust and does the trust really is the trust really the best representation for fans as somebody who is not currently a member what, what do you think about that I'll ask the same question to Andy and Steve in a bit but yeah to get your opinion first yeah well I was a t- I was a member for many years and it was the way in which um things had gone a bit sour with the trust that that made me think I won't re- be renewing um but that said uh it was always still something that you thought, you know what, they, they always have the best interest of the club at heart, even though the, the initial sale left a few question marks on how little and how much the trust actually knew about the sale. It was, it didn't quite sit right with me that they could have been completely blind to it um, throughout that whole sale to the Americans. But um, even back then, when you look at the way the club was, as soon as we were sold, or certainly in the months leading after that where it, it we could find out the details of what what had happened i mean i remember we did a special on it uh on, on, on this podcast around the time and it felt then that once it became clear of the shareholders agreement being ripped up or not disclosed and stuff to the americans and it was all very shady that the, the first thing we were discussing was look no you know what if they can be taken to court to made to pay at the rate they were buying shares at, which is around about a million pounds per percent, then the trust stand to gain 21 million pounds here, which as we talked about many times previously, was exactly the sort of rainy day fund that could mean they could buy the club if we went down into League Two or what, League One or whatever, and the Americans wanted out and wanted to sell just to get out of the business, then it would have been something that would have been fantastic to have. So, it was an either-or situation that you had to either maintain your relevance or get out and go high. And and so the fact that they've done what they've done now, what what good is this five percent that they've managed to retain? I mean, really, they're still going to be ignored in the boardroom. They're still going to be told they can't tell the members X, Y, and Z because it would breach confidentiality. They can put they can put their points across, but I don't feel like they're going to have any say. They've not got um a voice in there we've 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 seen that in the way things have transpired over the past few years so i feel like they picked the worst of both worlds they should have either gone out in a blaze of glory and 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 gone to court and sold that and gone to sell the whole lot or fought as much as they could to retain a voice in the boardroom and i feel like what they've done is they've sold but they've sold ridiculously cheap and left themselves with nothing um it, there is there's going to be questions now i've seen plenty on twitter the last few days and and speaking to people it, it it does feel like people are now questioning what the purpose of the trust is what have they got left to stand for because if they have lost the trust of its members then those memberships as steve mentioned are going to dwindle um there's from what i gather there have been a few people mentioning votes of no confidence in the uh in the meeting tonight um and whether that comes to pass we'll see but it, it, as steve said it needs people to stand up it needs fresh faces it needs someone but what can they do i mean from what we gather this is a done deal there's there's nothing more to be had and the absolute best case scenario now ghetto is that we go up to the premier league we stay there for a few years um so we we bank the potential two million pounds and then we get sold by the americans after a few years for a similar sort of fee they bought it for so they can and and with the tag rights that we seem to have negotiated into it we can force the sale of the five percent get out completely and 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 make another five million off it but still it's it's a it's a quarter or a third of what they would have stood to get if they took it to court and won so 
it does feel it does leave a bit of taste even for someone who isn't a current member um and it, it makes you think well all that hard work which we've all read lots about that everyone has put into it all feels like it was for nothing and um a lot of people being let down to hear from andy that they were smirking on the on the meeting tonight is just shameful and um it's not the last that's going to come of this there'll be some ripple effect and repercussions over the days and weeks to come and uh and, and a lot of people are very upset and rightly so Steve, you've been a, a very long-term member, and you know you, you keep track of um, everything that goes on the trust um, while not being on the on the board itself. I mean, how damaging do you think this has been to the trust's um, image within the club, its reputation, and its relationship with fans? Because there are many other long-standing members who are now saying that they're considering quitting, or, or they've actually said they will quit. Um, is that something that you're considering? Um, I'd have to say yes at this stage. I mean, what is the future for the trust? I mean, essentially they they've let down the members, haven't they, by making this decision and not going to a consultation. I mean, since there's a vote about anything in the future, arguably people will think, what's the point in voting? Because even if we vote for something, the trust board have the right to not go ahead with it. So it's it's going to be a big problem now going forward. Um, you know. Well, what what else can you say about it? Time will tell what will eventually happen with it. But you know, I, I think a certain amount of them people, if they're coming up for re-election in the summer, probably uh, better be wary that uh, they will not be there by the time the next season starts. But look, I mean, from the club's point of view, they've they've had a result, haven't they? Um, certainly, the former shareholders have had a result, where their reputations remain intact. Nothing will go to court for certain revelations that may have come out. And it's cost them hardly anything in comparison to uh, what they were uh, paid out by the Americans when they sold the club. So they're the winners, aren't they? I suppose from the first team's point of view and stuff like that, is it a good thing it's been settled? Maybe. But at the end of the day, for the long-term future of the club, probably not. Because I mean, when it was mentioned in the meeting about you know the, the aim of the trust to make sure there's a club in Swansea, well, the two things that were suggested was one about the rainy day fund that obviously may have come in from this legal action and obviously that would have been there to to bring in the money potentially to buy the club or to buy a certain percentage if the club was in trouble. And um, the other one was obviously if you've got a certain percentage in the club, then you can prevent certain things happening and now we don't have either. So that is uh, a problem and yeah, you know, uh, this is the lowest moment for the trust, I would say, and the entire time it's uh, of, its, it's, uh, of its existence. Andy, where does this leave the trust? Because it's got a membership now, which um, is seems to be largely uh, unenthused by the direction it's taken, and and many many members feeling betrayed. Let's face it, by by the events this week, um, it, it's in a position where its shares are could very very possibly get get diluted. Um, you know, they could be down to five percent. Um, you know, in in the long run um they've still got a member on the board but how how much of an um impact are they going to have with the trust clearly in such a, a weak position right now i mean we i'm gonna ask the question what what is the point of the trust right now oh uh, no easy question <laughs> so i i think uh, steve mentioned reputations there i i I don't think the reputations of the sellers and the other shareholders has quite been helped by all this. I think 
I think it's still in the gutter for a lot of people. I think we have to remember the selling shareholders and the majority owners were part of this deal as well. If if the trust has been screwed by this, they screwed them. Um, yeah, just just going back to 2016 briefly, we we did try and sell the shares then. To be honest, we tried. There was discussion about seven half, for example, that that fell by the wayside. There was a deal in 2017 that fell by the wayside. The, yeah, the reason the trust was left in the position it is now, we have to remember this. It was because of selling shareholders. It is because of majority owners. That's why we are where we are now. Uh, in terms of trust and where it is now and what it can do going forward, we have to separate two things in our eyes. We have to, have to separate things on the ground, dealing with the club's management team, and we have to talk about governance you know, and things that matter in terms of the existence of the club. Now, in terms of the stuff on the ground, uh, I think... I. I don't think that's going to change an awful lot, to be honest with you. Uh, one of the positives I had last year was that I'd like to think I had a pretty good working relationship on the ground. Um, so, you know, J- Julian Winter, Trevor Bruce before him, Gareth Davis, finance, Andrew Davis, the stadium manager, Becca Edmund Simmons. You know, we had regular meetings with them. Um, things like the season ticket refunds, for example, I, I bring that because I think that's a really good example of us working well together. You know, obviously during the pandemic, that was a touchy subject and we came up with some options which I think were you know, very well received, and we had considerable input into that. Um, there's various other things going on as well, you know, there's former players association, things like that, you know, and day-to-day stuff, you know. Uh, the trust does have, you know, a lot of involvement in there, and I, do, I hope that won't change. I don't see any good reason why that should change. Um, where, where, is, where it is really going to change, I think, is sort of at the, at, the, at the board level, the governance level. One of the things I, th- I thought the legal action did do was that it kind of helped. It did sort of keep people honest a little bit. You know, um, during the last couple of years, you know, Stu McDonald was the supporter director. Uh, he attended um, uh, board meetings. We had monthly management accounts. Uh, th- um, we had access to ask the technical questions. Uh, I do wonder how much of that will exist going forward. Uh, we, we're really going to... Uh, find out, I think. Um, I'm, I'm really interested to find. Uh, we still we still have so many questions about what this deal actually means in terms of the rights, privileges, and the protections the trust has. That I think we're only going to find out over time, and that's really going to dictate, you know, what the trust can do in that space. Uh, it's, um, go on, sorry, mate. Sorry, I was just going to say one more thing. Uh, the trust has value. It still has value, not the value it did which it was set up as a, as a governance organization. It wasn't set up as a fan club. Unfortunately, now it is, it's, it's a fan club uh, with, you know, with, with, with a token shareholding and, um, you know, a, a degree of funds. It's, it's lost a lot, lot, lot of what it had. Uh, I hope it can get it back, but it still, it still has value. Um, yeah. Um, it's, it's difficult for those of us who joined it because we were interested in the securing the future of the club whether we can still be part of that. But um, I, I do think it still has value, but it, it's got a hell of a battle with the membership and the fan base to make itself relevant and to convince the, 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 mem- the fan base is relevant because I think Steve made a really good point there. If you can't trust the trust, you know, can, can it continue as it is? Yeah, I think that's going to be the big issue now, isn't it? Forget about driving new membership. This is going to be trying to retain the membership it has as well. Um, given the, the, the revelations of this week. Um, there's been many questions, Andy, about 
you know, where's this future money coming from in, if we get promoted? Is it, and, and that's not been answered. It's all, we come under this cloud of NDAs and stuff like that, oh, this nonsense yeah. which we've had previously, yeah. which really gripes with me because if you have to go under an NDA, I feel like then it already feels like they're going to pull something, they're going to pull a fast one. It happened before to us, to the trust, yeah. and, and it feels again like, so we can only speculate at this stage. Now, my from what I can see, um, we talk about um, look. Let's look at Jake Silverstein's investment or his, his his loan, if you like, into the club, and he's put money there and he's can convert that into shares. Now he's been quite vocal, quite a front runner on the way the club has been run over the past year or so. It's very much more so than uh, Jason Levian. So to see this being brought into the same sort of conversation as this settlement, this idea that um, they could convert, we could end up down at 5% trust holding. Does leave the question, uh, Silverstein was one of them, was clearly one of the main front runners in in, in settling this and in being in, uh, trying to encourage the trust board to settle this. And I wonder if this was a, a, a deal breaker to him to get this done for him to perhaps increase his financial interests and purchase even more shares in the club and maybe in the not too distant future become the majority shareholder himself. Yeah. <laughs> what is Jake Silverstein? It's 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 it's, 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 a, it's a really it's 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 a bit of a curious egg, isn't it? Um as far as we're aware, and I should stress it in that way, we don't uh, we we don't think he's a shareholder. He's certainly not a shareholder in that's one city 2002, which is the company. Um, the majority shareholding in, in the club is held by S1 City LLC, which is a company uh, incorporated in Delaware, um, which was those 27 shareholders uh, or the, the, the fund or whatever it was that people talked about a few years ago. Now, we have no visibility of, on who owns anything as part of that. So it's possible Jake has a, has a stake in that, but we, we don't know. Um, um, yeah, for full disclosure, I, mean, I, I spoke with Jake uh, Silverstein a few times last year when I was chair, just to see whether there was anything, you know, any, any path to resolving this. And it, it didn't really go anywhere. But, you know, he, he did talk about, you know, how he's in the, in this for the long term. You know, he's talking about spending time over here. Uh, I was told this week, I don't know how true this is, he's, um, he's, he's looking to buy a house here. So um, it's he's, the way he's talking. He's in this for the long haul. Now, I mean that, 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 that you always hear rumours about what's happening with the club. You know, is um, I mean, it's, it's barely a year goes by when somebody mentioned oh, it was Martin Morgan to be coming back in or whatever. But um, you, you you do wonder whether there's something going on, um, and that this is part of. It wouldn't surprise me. Um, but I mean, they're gonna have a hell of a job convincing the fan base. It's, it's a good thing, aren't they? Goodness <laughs> Can you imagine a Martin Morgan buy-in again? I don't think this club fan base is ready for that sort of drama. It feels like this should be on BBC at 7.30, not uh, at a football club. But um, he's, he's, he's still a shareholder. Everyone forgets Yeah, this. absolutely. He's, he's got Those a five-page show. They're both still involved, aren't they? They are. Well, well, yeah, Martin Morgan's a director and an active one. Uh, Hugh Jenkins is still a director, but I don't think he's actually been to a board meeting since he was sacked as yeah. chair. So, of course, yeah, he could so, so, turn up if he wanted to, couldn't he? Oh, he could, absolutely. Yeah. I believe Trevor Birch has shares in the club as well, doesn't he? 
You know what? We we don't know. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. I, I, I believe I read know. at the time, but you'll know more than me, that, that that was some part of his financial package. But maybe... Yeah, you, you're absolutely right. It was mentioned. Um, as it stands in company's house, he doesn't. Um, yeah. I, I actually looked at this this morning uh, to see uh, who, who the... Discuss, when 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 there's a change in shareholding, it needs to be disclosed to the company's house. Um, and that hasn't happened yet. So... As it stands, he doesn't. But no, I, I remember that actually, and, and you're right. There was uh, rumored to be part of his compensation, but all I can say is at the moment that doesn't seem to be the case. Yeah, it would, it would be strange if um, you know the man leaving the EFL um, had shared <laughs> in. Is that a conflict of interest. <laughs> it's a slight know. conflict of interest. In there, there could, I've actually got a question. There could be another scandal brewing here, boys. There could be another one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've got a question for you, Gitto, because um, obviously you've been asking a lot of them, but not not had an opportunity to to speak as such. But what I found particularly odd was that uh, the club announced it through its oh, official Twitter feed. And what's don't. it going to do with the club? <laughs> Is Russell it's, Martin it's, being asked about it in the press? Oh, don't, don't get me started on that. What's <laughs> going on? It's got fuck all to do with Russell Martin. And do you know what? If he had any, if he had his ear to the wall at all, he'd know that this is a particularly precious story going on in Swansea at the moment and he should have just blanked that straight off and, and not wanted to address it because I, I, the audacity for him to be asked and then to answer it just didn't sit right with me. The fact that it came off the official club feed, the club was never involved. It, I mean, it just it didn't sit right with me, Gitto. I don't know who asked um, Russell Martin the question, but it's it's fine for them to ask. I mean, if it's a journalist asking it, I take it was a journalist and not somebody from the media team at the club. Um, <laughs> but if if it was a journalist asking them, that that that's you know that's their prerogative. They're looking for for a story, obviously. But the, I would have, I I I haven't heard Russell Martin's reply. I've been working all day, but um, I I'd be I mean yeah, it's got nothing to do with him. And this is this and this is the point that's been stressed. This was. Um, th- this was nothing really to do with the club. It was an, uh, taking individual shareholders um, to, to court. That, that's what this was all about. And in that respect, the official club channels had no business really in releasing that statement. It, it's a bit like it reminded me a bit of when kind of the Barry chairman was releasing statements on through it through like the official clubs. Um, uh, website on matters which were directly related to his kind of comments in, in the media etc and you're thinking like hang on you know the club isn't your puppet you know you don't you don't open the mouth and then the words come out it's you know like yeah that was strange um i also found it strange that it was a joint statement um uh um, I I I don't know that didn't really sit sit well with me and that that was coming out before again any details came out from the trust. Um, yeah, th- 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 there are a couple of things about the way it was announced that I don't think were really the right way of doing it. Again, um, which is a theme in our discussions tonight. It has to be said. Um, yeah, it, it wasn't really on. But I know Andy, what what did you feel about that? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, I think I think I tweeted <laughs> Russell Martin said it, and you think you think he'd have enough on this plate, really. I think I'm haven't gone particularly well, have they? <laughs> but um, it's uh, there was there was a line in his com. It was one of the sentences he said was, um, "Well, for us now, it's over, and everyone can now work together." Well, I, I don't think this is going to achieve that. I'm afraid. Um, there, there is. I mean, I think you know, as we've seen today, there is so much unhappiness uh, amongst amongst the membership, which is you know. A, a microcosm of the fan base overall. 
that this this is this is this this solution has caused more problems than it solved. Do you really think has. because that is one of the things that could have possibly been a silver lining in this is that you know it has been hanging over the club and and the relationship between the trust and um and, and the club's hierarchy it's obviously going away now it's it's being settled um the threat of going to court is no longer there i mean the one thing that people were saying was that this is a chance to kind of move on and put this behind us but you don't seem to see it that way i i don't to be honest with you and i've always thought the trust could be the best firewall for the club possible you know if the club can show and the majority owners can show they're working with the trust and everything's great then you know that's how it was in the 2000s on the rise you know we, we all felt we were part of it now who genuinely feels they're part of it at the moment you know i i must admit i don't uh i i, I i've never felt more alienated from the club as i do at the moment i really do and I, I doubt I'm the only one. In fact, well, I, I know I've had s- several comments from, sim- uh, from people telling me the same thing. It's it's going to be difficult going forward, I think. But um, you know, for a lot of people, won't care. Of course, they won't. They just care about what's happening on the pitch. But a lot of people will, and a lot of the people that were there when you know when it, when it was very small numbers are really really hurting this as well. So, yeah, I, I do worry. I must admit, there's always a percentage, isn't there, the fans who obviously they've got enough going on in their own personal lives and they turn up on a Saturday for a bit of escapism and if the club play well on a Saturday, Steve you know this as well from the SCSA movement uh, back in the day. Yeah I I was going to come in on that to be honest where I remember there was a bit of pressure being built and then I think we beat Liverpool and we beat Arsenal and next thing you know everyone's trying to say oh come on you can't do this now we've got a chance of staying up but about that so much I mean it's literally the short termism just doesn't work and in the end we went down and then people criticise you should have done something. But basically, I think, as Andy will probably know, when you if you put yourself up for anything like this, oh, yeah. you will never get credit if it goes well, or if it goes badly, <laughs> or you will get it in the neck. Yeah, oh, you're not you're not wrong, mate. But the problem is we're not beating Liverpool or Arsenal anytime soon, are we? Uh, so, uh, and it's it's really difficult to see um, the champ the championship at the moment is an absolute basket case as well, isn't it? You know, so many clubs. Um, you know, uh, are losing money uh, in the in in the championship, and I do worry we are becoming one of those types of clubs as well. I I, I have my concerns, which which goes back to the governance of the trust. You know, um, and the, it was good in the last few years we've had visibility on the accounts, and at times it was scary reading them. And you know, we we were lucky in the sense that you know uh, we had some big money sales because otherwise we could have been in real trouble now. But, um, you know, in the last year, you know, there's been money coming into the club last year. There's uh, during the winter, a few times in the press this year, has talked about, you know, needing cash to be injected this year. So it does rather tell a story that we're, spe- we're living beyond our means even now when, you know, it doesn't seem like we, we are spending a lot of money. It doesn't seem like you know, we're really pushing the boat out just just to keep the level we're at. We are spending beyond our means. And, you know, we've almost gone bust twice, and um, you know, if if you if you if one season spending beyond your means is one thing, doing it for five seasons is a completely different thing. You see that with Derby, you see that with Reading, you see that with other clubs. And, and I think that, that, that's a real concern for me. And Andy, the thing with spending beyond, uh, you know, that the, you said they're spending beyond for one season is one thing. Well, actually, that's how it starts. I mean, that's how yeah. it started. That's how it started with us. We basically yeah. qualified for Europe 
we invested a huge amount in in um, the squad to get it up to you know to boost its size. Wages went up, etc. Well, the thing is, as soon as you start raising wages for some players, yeah. then everybody else has to come in line, and it, it's a vicious circle then because it that 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 wheel never stops turning and it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's what we found when we're in the Premier League is once you start pushing those boundaries and start lifting that that barrier that little bit higher and higher and higher all the time, it's very difficult to reverse that trend. It's it's pretty much impossible until you have some kind of crash all of a sudden. I think that's what a lot of fans don't really understand. <laughs> yeah. There's a, a point being made you know, recently, I think, that a lot of clubs now, we're seeing protests, um, you know, Derby, of course, we know what's been going on there. We've seen protests at Birmingham and, and Reading. These are all clubs where the protests have come once the kind of the money's not being spent anymore. There was nobody protesting when Reading no. were spending way beyond their means and, and paying huge wages. Everybody was thinking, oh, fantastic, ambition. We're going to the mm. Premier League. Um, it's, it's only when that kind of, the the ramifications hit home then that that's when the protests come and and that's why I guess having a trust is so important to keep an eye on things like that because quite frankly the ordinary fan we're seeing this petition now that's in the news um, it's not got anything to do with with what we've been discussing tonight it's because there's a so-called lack of ambition and the the owners aren't pumping in investment and bank you know <laughs> you know, it's signing players left, right, and centre. That's what fa- that's what so many fans these days. And I don't think this is something new. I think generally it's no. been there forever. But that's the main priority, and there is always that kind of pressure to just spend, spend, spend without without thought for the long term consequences. And that's why actually we do need a strong trust which does hold the club to account. And that's why it is worrying that it does seem to be losing its influence at that level. Yeah, uh, you've mentioned two words I absolutely hate when it comes to football talk is ambition and investment. <laughs> so, me, me too. Ambi- absolutely hate a- it. A- ambition is basically what does that, uh, what, what does that mean? It's basically just chucking money at it um, without, you know, without any thought of the consequences of that. You know, oh, look at the ambition we've got for spending seven million. Well, you know, at the end of the day, our turnover this season is 15 million, give or take, I would imagine, you know, based on previous precedents you know we're not in receipt of parachute payments anymore um when people talk about you know uh in investment that is invariably money loaned to the club we've seen that with derby we've seen it with countless other clubs um you borrow money there's a time when when you've got to, that gets called in what happens then um for me the only way um the only way it works really in the long term is if a club is running in, in a self-sustainable manner. It's, it's the only way really. It's, it's where we were until we got promoted. Um, it, it's where we were in the Premier League as well for a long time because obviously there's a lot of money there. And the worst thing that ever happened to us, I suppose, in terms of where we are now, were the decisions that were made in the back end of the Premier League era because we, we tied ourselves to some... We made some awful decisions that last season. I don't think any of the signings worked today in hindsight. We no. spent a lot of money as well. But that the contract... Are you saying that Sam Klukas didn't turn out to be a fantastic oh, signing? Oh, Sam Klukas oh, gets oh. a bad rap, mind. It's not his fault. I, 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 I've only ever spoken to Steve Kaplan once. 
um, this was a, this is probably an exclusive for you guys, but um, I was a, I was I was I was at Charlton away. I I'd been on a bus for five hours with the Red Lion lot, so I probably had a few drinks at this point. But um, I was I was I was asking, okay, so explain to me the Sam Cooker signing because it didn't make sense to me that we signed for sixteen million or whatever it was a player that got that got released by Lincoln four seasons before, um, and had one good season with Hull. And um, he talked a bit about metrics and things, but. Um, it's a sign that didn't make any sense to me <laughs> at the time. And um, no. I, I, we give I, away I, Stephen Kingsley as well as part of that deal. He was quite promising at the time as well, wasn't he? I liked, I liked him as well. I mean, it didn't quite work for him either at all, did it? No. But um, no, I mean, I, in a way, I felt quite sorry for Kuka. So he took a lot of stick from A, the nature of the deal, and B, the fact he was replacing um, Mr. Sigerson, who we're not allowed to talk about anymore. And um, it's. <laughs> we'll um, cut that out, it's fine. Yeah, please <laughs> But um, it's. It's, um, yeah, no, I, I did feel a bit sorry for him, but then the way he's, he's acted at certain times, um, yeah, partly justifiably, like I think. He's reacted rather than acted, Andrew, isn't he? He's, he's kind yeah. of, he's taken a lot of abuse. He's, he epitomised yeah. our collapse, really, didn't he? And yeah. he took a lot of abuse for a few seasons, and in the end, he just, he run the full length of the pitch of the Britannia to celebrate in front of us, yeah. and, you know, whatever you are. And you, you know what? In many ways, I applaud that level of chateauery. Love it to have been ours, yeah. Add to my own moment. We've, we've moved on to discuss um, f- the final Premier League season, which is always a terrible way to end a, a podcast. So we, we, we'll do <laughs> whatever we can to not do that. So, Steve, um, we'll go to you first. What what do you want to see happen next from the trust point of view? What, what needs to happen, in your view, as a member? Um... Well, it, it just feels like it's too late, really, to to do the things that we wanted. This this had to go to a vote, as I keep saying, it didn't. So, arguably, do the people now who are in charge need to be put up for a vote in terms of no confidence, I suppose? That's that's the way of looking at it, isn't it? I mean, because what else can you, you really say about it? People are really annoyed about it, and it's such a big decision to be taken out of our hands that, arguably, now we should be voting on it. But, as I've said before, if people don't stand sort of irrelevant so we need people to stand and i'm being hypocritical because i'm i'm not willing to stand because if i'm honest there's two reasons i'm a fanzine editor immediately that means i can't do a fanzine anymore because it'd be a conflict of interest and number two i'm not sure i i want the hassle and i can't blame anybody else for saying uh, that as well because let's be honest as i've already said if it goes well you won't get the credit if it goes wrong you'll get slaughtered andy final word from you um what would you, you know, your heart is very close to the trust. You've put hours and hours of work into it over the years. What would you like to see happen next to kind of repair the damage that's been done by the past week? It's, it, it, oh God. Um, all things being equal, I think the, the trust still has a stake. It still has a level of funds. The, 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 the fans need a, an organisation that he can rally behind. Um, so I hope the trust survives. Um, obviously tonight there's 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 a personal element of this to me where I I'd be letting my personal views uh, cloud my judgment maybe especially so close after the after the meeting. But um, I think it's going to be very difficult um, in the short term for this current board. But uh, I think I think we do have to remember the trust boards are very uh, transient. You know we we had. Um, uh, half the board was was changed this summer you know who knows what happened next summer or before so you know separate the organization from the, from the board in many ways 
um, it's going to be a bumpy few months, I'm afraid. I think we need to get uh, Andy, Lisa and Phil Sumbler together to try and uh, get some grassroots of another uh, organisation going and see if we can get something from there. And oh, can't that's... start taking <laughs> Phil tried that last time. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> oh, goodness. I don't know. It's going to be... Uh... It's going to be interesting. Do you know what, Gitto? I I think that it needs to now. They need to now come out and ask the members what they want. If that if that is a if that is a confidence vote, then then so be it. But now the moment's gone for the actual deal. But in terms of where they go from here, they need to ask the members what what they want want to happen. Because to build that trust again, the members need to feel that their voices are being heard again. Precisely. Uh, well, that brings an end to the podcast uh, where we've discussed uh, a turbulent week in the history of uh, the uh, Swansea City Supporters Trust. In many people's eyes, not uh, not a, a great week, great week in any way for an organisation which has been key to the history of this great club. Um, we will be back to normal service um, before long, but we did feel that this was an important subject which we needed to cover in depth. Thanks, as usual, to Matt and Steve. And thank you very much for Andy for joining us tonight and giving us some of his insight into a subject he knows so well. We hope you've enjoyed it in some way. And uh, we hope we'll, uh, well, you'll tune in again before long when we'll start uh, we're discussing football matters once again. But until then, thank you very much for listening. 